I have a really good example that just happened to me recently this last year. Um, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer a year ago, December, and I had to have surgery last April and they removed my prostate. And, you know, it was, it was scary, but it, it was a blessing in disguise because it, it enabled me to take a step back and, and just get off the hamster wheel a little bit and just recharge my batteries and kind of take stock of where I was at in my life. Hey guys, this Harpreet here. In last video, I promised that I'm going to try to bring experts in these channels from the different field. And I'm very excited. Like this is a very good day for me and for you guys. Like I, I brought a very wonderful guest. He's just not only one of the best selling author, he's also written, written so many award winning books. He's also an actor, filmmaker, podcast host, radio host, and uh, he has delivered and given a TEDx speech, like uh, one of the major milestones for all the speakers. So please welcome with me, G. Brian Benson. Hey, Brian, how are you doing? I'm good, Harpreet. How are you? Thank you for having good, me. Sir. Good, good. Uh, before we start, like everything, like I just want to see and ask, what does G mean in your name, G. Brian Benson? Yeah, I jokingly kid people that it depends on the day of the week. It means something different, but it's actually my first name's Gary. It's my dad's name. I'm not a junior, but they've always called me by my middle name. So that's that's why I have the G there. Yeah, like I tried to like figure out from your book and online I couldn't see, but so I thought like I'm going to ask this question before. Sure. <laughs> that's good. Man. Uh, could you like tell me more about yourself? Like how was your childhood? What was your personality when you were a child? Oh, interesting. Um, I think my mom always just, she told me that the, the only word that ever came out of my mouth was why. I think I was very curious. And so, you know, I was very interested in a lot of different things, history, sports. I, I studied, you know, just all kinds of history books and biographies and, and played a lot of sports and followed a lot of the sports stars of the day and, and a long time ago. Um, I remember, I think I write about it in the book, but I, I like when I was just 10 or 11, I found a magazine that had a bunch of addresses of former baseball players. This is back in the 70s. And these guys played like in the 1920s and 30s. And I started writing them and, and they would write back. And it was just so exciting. It was all, almost like Christmas, potentially every day at the mailbox, you know, seeing who wrote back and sent me an autograph or whatever. And so, I, you know, I've always been pretty curious. Yeah. So you are always that kind of personality. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I still, I still am. You know, I mean, I love to learn and and just um, yeah, see 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 things. You know, and just just experience and and travel and. That, that's great, Brian. Uh, so like as I mentioned, like in this video, like I really want to talk about more about like your book, and the habits for success. Yeah. So. According to you, first, like, could you just define in your own words, what are the habits for success? Wow. Well, you know, it's so interesting. I mean, if we just go down and just like say, what is what does success mean? I think that has kind of changed through my through my life as well. You know, I think there's uh, when we're younger, maybe we feel like success means, you know, a lot of money and a really good job and certain certain parameters that maybe we're taught that are important. And, and they are. But I think um, 
what I've learned, you know, having um, experienced some success in different ways, it didn't always bring me maybe the happiness that I thought it would, you know, crossing that particular finish line or whatever. And so I think the older I get, I, I just realize, you know, success is just being healthy and happy and having people to connect with and and the ability to feel and, and express our creative um, you know, needs and desires and, and to be able to share that. And so um, what are habits for success? Well, I suppose those are all things that could fall under the umbrella of, of helping us achieve our own version of success. Now, with that being said, I think I'm gonna digress for a second. I think everything's energy and carries a vibration. And so everything that I write about in the book, I feel like is, is higher vibrational. You know, if you, if you read about it, you apply it, you, you try to incorporate it into your life. I don't think it, there's no way that it can really, you know, hinder you. You know what I mean? They're all good, solid ideas that will help you, I think, be the best version of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But this is not your the only book like Habits for Success, right? Like you have written other award-winning books. But what was what you think like what made this book like special? Like your book, this book became Amazon one of the best seller books. And last time I checked, it's still in the top 10 in Amazon for the uh, best volunteer workbooks. Like what was so special about it? Why do you think like it's impacting people's lives? Well, I think this is just this book i mean they're all special just because they're all a part of me and you know it was an uh an opportunity for me to share and try to you know help um by lead you know leading by example but i think this book is kind of a culmination of a lot of things it was my first publishing deal so that made it very special everything else i self-published um i think this book has been kind of a culmination of just me sitting in the observer's role of my own life experience and and sharing um what i've learned kind of where i'm at up to this point in my life and what has worked for me what hasn't worked for me and the older i get i think the more that i shed um just just a lot of stuff that can typically hold us back right you know i mean i think we as humans like to try to control things and and maybe look outside of ourselves for the validation that we're all seeking where where you know as you know and we all probably know but it's easier said than done it, it, it's it's already inside of us and so i think the further along i've gotten the more i really can kind of embody that and not look outside and do all those things to try to gain you know the happiness that that we all seek that usually when we find it outside of ourselves it's short-lived and so um as i get older it's just i find that i'm able to kind of sit in it in a more sustainable way yeah well it's good like you mentioned like you tried to share your journey and i read your book like you really put your real life examples in it and tried to explain every habit with the example like that was so wonderful for that book uh brian like in one chapter like in very early of the book you mentioned that everyone should try to convert their fear into the excitement so that like it can help you for their self-growth uh, I just want, I'm very curious on it. Like, what's your thought on it? Like, why you put that, try to convert your fear for uh, into the excitement? Well, 
for me, you know, I've kind of just been on this journey for the, like the last 12 years. I left my family business 12 years ago, really into the unknown. I did not know what I was going to do. I just felt like I was done growing. And then I, I um, was kind of burned out and I knew I needed a new challenge. And so um, I accidentally wrote my first book as I, I've always tried to be the best version of myself and I was feeling out of balance. So I sat down one day to write down five things that I knew that would help me stay in balance. And they did. And then my intuition started screaming, expand the list and write a book. And that was kind of, whoa, okay. So I, I, I did that. I, I made an effort to do that and just kind of poured through me. So then I self-published the book and it didn't sell a whole lot of copies because I didn't know how to sell a book then, but I was also very afraid of speaking in public. And so I knew that if I wanted to share this message, I needed to overcome that fear. So kind of now to answer your question, I knew that there was a lot of gold on the other edge, on the other end of, of me stepping into that fear. And so I forced myself to do a lot of things, to be more comfortable in front of people. I, I did um, Toastmasters. I don't know if you have that up in Canada. I think so. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm the member of Toastmasters like from last year. So oh, way to go. Awesome. Wonderful opportunity. Yeah. yeah, I did a couple community college speech classes. I, I created a workshop, an interactive workshop around my book. I hired someone to co-host an internet radio show with me. And all these things were really scary, but yet I just felt like I was supposed to do it. And, and, and I also took an acting class with no plans on acting, but everything that I did, I kept, you know, I, I realized I kept landing and I was still safe and I wasn't like blowing up or anything, you know, and, and, and it started to make me feel alive and empowered. And each step that I kind of broke through that fear and it got easier and easier and easier. And I still get nervous, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's just the way it is, you know, it's because we care, right? And, yeah. and, and so that's okay. That's a, it's not a bad thing to have. But when I do sometimes get nervous, I just remember it's not about me, it's about sharing me. And that helps me kind of sit in it better. But um, so, you know, to answer your question, I think I had to step into all those fears to really kind of like move through them. And, and uh, it just, it's it led to so many other things that I had no idea were going to be a part of my life. I didn't plan on acting. I didn't plan on, you know, kind of doing what I'm doing, but I just stepped little steps at a time and they kept kept leading me to other things. And I just kind of kept following those intuitive nudges. I mean, like you're saying like you were scared of acting, you were scared of public speaking, but then you delivered a speech on TEDx. <laughs> like, like, could you like tell me like, how this happened, like, like I mentioned in introduction for public speaker, it's like one of the major milestones, like you want to share your story with this vast audience. Yeah. How you made that happen? And on that same day, why you said like, okay, I have arrived to deliver speech. No, I'm not going to play small. I just, well, you know, here's another, well, it's another step out of my comfort zone. I hadn't, I've heard of TEDx and TED Talks, but I hadn't really maybe planned on doing one. And I was just, I got called out of the blue from a guy I, I briefly met and a few years before and he said, hey, I'm curating a TEDx event in Pasadena. Would you like to be a speaker? I think you'd do a good job. And I just, 
I gulped and I said, yes, I didn't know what I was going to talk about. I think the event was three months away. So I racked my brain and brainstormed and felt like I came up with a good talk and really worked hard on it for about a month. And then I just practiced the heck out of for two months and just studied it over and over in my apartment or when I went on hikes, I just kind of kept practicing it, kept practicing it until it kind of, you know, I got it memorized. And, and that was kind of scary only because I realized during those interactive workshops that I used to give that I was less fearful if I could just show up and speak from my heart and use the energy of the room or questions rather than to regurgitate something. And so this TEDx was being regurgitated kind of, even though I was proud of how I comprised it. So, so I just, I had three months to get ready for it. And I just kind of put everything else aside and just, you know, it's not like you're just going to go give a talk in front of a hundred people, you know, it's, you know, in the back of your mind, it's going to be recorded and you don't want to make a mistake because it'll be there forever. <laughs> one mistake and that's going to be on the internet. Like, yeah. Right. You know, one thing I did do that helped me um, at the start of the talk, I had an experience while I was driving over there and I shared that experience and that helped me ground myself. And I think just by sharing that little bit of vulnerability about a, a, a song I heard on the way there that, that touched me emotionally kind of about my experience that I was about to have, I shared that story and, and that really helped me just kind of, okay. And I just, I just did it and the lights were on. I couldn't really see anybody. So that probably helped. <laughs> and I just, before you know it, it's over. And then I'm just like, I feel like a hundred pound waist lifted off of me. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But you, you said like you shared your vulnerability and you also mentioned in the book, like be vulnerable and just hang in there when things get going tough. Like, I just want to see like it's very common for us like we sometimes get into situation that we don't know like should we just quit or should we just start working again and again and see the end of it why do you think that how someone can tackle that situation should he just start should he just stay in the situation just constantly work or be vulnerable share the story and let the other people help like what what's your thought about it on this well Oh, I mean, gosh, I think I'm hearing your question. I mean, sometimes stuff happens to us that's tough and it's just like, you know, we want to fight through it and it's good that we do. And, and there's a lot of that we can learn from it. And, and other times, you know, um, sometimes it's better just to cut our losses, learn from it, take a half a step back, regain our strength and take a little bit of a different angle because we because it'll be smarter and it's about you know what i mean Fear. <sighs> unfortunately our society has this 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 thing you know failure is a bad thing well i, I really don't think that at all i mean we can learn so much from it mm -hmm. and we can become stronger from it we you know we we learn from it we just I don't know. It's it's information. If you can just think of it as being information and that's it, then you're going to be okay. Um, but as far as each individual thing, you know, I think you just got to kind of just listen to your your heart and run it through your, you know, your intuitive filter and just, is this something I need to push through? Um, or is this something I need to just stop, you know, take take stock of what just happened and all the information and and then just kind of set it down there in front of me. And then it's like, okay, let's try it again, but let's tweak a few things. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, sometimes our fear can get us to quit something. And, and that's not a time I don't think we want to take a step back. I mean, I think sometimes you want to just kind of get back on that horse and try it again. You know, I mean, I had times when I was just learning how to be in front of people and speak in, in classes or whatever that I didn't feel like I did a very good job and was embarrassed and whatever, but that's part of it. You gotta, you gotta have those experiences to get through and you know what I mean? To, to learn and grow from. And, and so, uh, yeah, I hope that answers yeah. your question. Especially like when you are in like very early phases, you are not like definitely you are not going to be good in that. And, right. But it's just that like sometimes you start something new. People are always fear that worse other people are going to think about them. Uh, like let's say you were author and you said like you didn't plan to author, right? Like you didn't plan to write. But what do you think like if someone is planning to become an author, but he's also fearful, like, is he a good author? How are you going to deal with the people's judgment? What if like people thought, oh, why is he wasting his time? Like, how do you think we should avoid this judgment affecting us? Well, that's a great question. And, you know, the more that I've written, the better I've become. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's just like anything else. It's a skill. It's something that, you know, we no matter, you know, most people who are in a job for a while, they're going to get better the longer they do it. It's the same yeah. with writing. And it's so it's tough because it's easy to judge ourselves and, and especially for perfectionists to feel like it needs to be perfect from the get go. And I've kind of have some of that in me. In some ways, it's it's it can be a hindrance and it also can be helpful because there's a part of me that I know if I'm looking at something, if it's not if it needs a little more work, right? So I'm gonna get, I'm gonna do the work or I'm gonna find someone that can help me clean it up. Um, but yet there's also a point where you finally just gotta say thank you, give it a blessing and then just release it into the world. And some people can hang on to something far too long because they're trying to get it just perfect. But that'll kill your joy of the whole experience. And, you know, um, there's that fine line of just, of just practice, you just got to practice, practice, practice like anything else. I mean, anybody who's been in a band, I mean, you know, um, Malcolm Gladwell had that one book, I forgot the title, but it's all about putting your 10,000 hours in, you know, and uh, yeah, become perfect. Yeah. So just just have fun with it. Just don't don't put too much pressure on yourself. Just do it. Do it for yourself. Mm -hmm. I try to tell people I, I project coach and I, you know, to help people birth books and other things. And I just tell them, you know, don't put a lot of pressure on yourself to have this book sell a lot of copies. This book is for you and yourself first and foremost and for your own growth process and healing or whatever it may be. Just do it, have fun with it, be proud of it and then let it go. Mm -hmm. And it'll do what it's supposed to do, but that don't let it determine how you feel about yourself. Cause I, I did it the first few times and every time I would release something, I'd start to, I, is this the thing that's going to spring me? And it just killed my joy and I'd be depressed. And it's just man, when I should just be really excited and happy and proud. And I am proud, but yet it just, um, it was a hard lesson for me to learn. No, yeah, yeah. You mentioned in the book, like there was a moment came in your life, like when you became unhappy because you were trying to control everything, especially for your career. Like yeah. how you dealt with that situation and how you suggest we should deal with that situation if we in, are in your shoes, like in that particular moment. 
Well, I mean, always try to do your best, you know, obviously, and, and just, and just try to have fun and just, just, uh, it's not easy, you know, it's, um, man, just, just, just have fun with it, do your best and then let go and just, just be proud of it. And just, just, you know, don't, it's, it's hard to say, don't worry if it doesn't sell any copies or something. Oh. Cause we, we wanted to do that. Right. And we all have this dream that it's going to like catapult us into this, whatever place. And, you know, I would also say, and this is a little different, but just consistently work on yourself just you know do those things to try to find the love and acceptance from within you and that'll help that other stuff um be a lot smoother and better and we you yeah. know you, we won't need that outside validation um and that, you know it took me a while and i think you have to kind of go through it before you understand it but i'm at the place now where yes i want my things to be seen by other people because i feel like i'm a conduit and i want to share that um but I don't necessarily need the validation like I used to when I was still trying to find that love and acceptance for myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian, like next one, like I was, this is one, one of the very important ones. Like I really wanted to ask, ask you this personally. There's one chapter where you said like, say yes to every opportunity. <laughs> Welcome the challenges, right? But then again, there's one more chapter. You said like, say no, boldly, try to say no. Yeah. How do you see that where, to, where we should accept challenges or how we can identify, no, this is not for me. Like I, I shouldn't go in that direction. Yeah, you know, I think, well, first of all, the no, the no part, the say no, that is something that kind of took me a little while to learn too, because I would say yes to everything. And that even to things that I didn't really want to do. And the, you know, the more that I did that, then I realized I wasn't able to do the stuff that I did want to do and that really filled me up. And then I would do those things that I said yes to that I didn't want to do, not really 100% behind them. And sometimes I'd feel a little, you know, like, oh man, you know, why am I? it would make me kind of pissed at myself, right? And, and I also trained people um incorrectly in that they you know i kind of got to a point where i made them feel like they could you know i'd be at their beck and call whenever you know just by sending me this would you do this and and i'm a giving person and so i had to learn that the hard way um it's so important to have boundaries and and yeah. you know i still am a giver but yet i now don't say yes immediately. I take a half a step back and sometimes I'll wait a day or two to answer, but I, I got to just really feel it out through my intuitive filters and, um, and see if it's something I really want to do or not. And it just depends on what else is going on in my life. But uh, the boldly say yes part, you know, just like uh, with the TEDx, I, the guy asked me if I wanted to do it and I just, I had no idea what we're going to do, but I just, I boldly said yes. And I just trusted that I would come through. And so I think it's okay to, it's good to do that. And it kind of lights a little fire under our butt and it forces us to kind of really dig deep. Right. And uh, you know, what's the worst that could have happened? I gave a bad talk. Okay, I'm still alive. You know, I, I'm not, I still have my friends, my family still loves me. 
we gotta do that stuff, you know. Um, Dude, but how you would coach someone, like coach to someone, like if he, if like if he tends to say no to something, but then he start getting second thoughts. Okay, like no, I should I should just go there, but I said no because I'm I'm busy in my writing this book or I'm busy with my side hustle. What what would happen, and how you balance your life if you start getting these thoughts that can hinder your performance? Well, when somebody has an opportunity and they're not sure and they're they're maybe wanting to say no, and, and then it could be totally fine that they say, say no because they're busy with other stuff or what have you, and that's all right. But I really, what I try to do is I try to get them very clear on why they want to say no. And, and if it's all valid and everything, great. But if it's just because they're a little bit scared, mm-hmm. then I say, all right, well, let's, let's, let's step into that a little bit. And, you know, usually we can kind of um, just see it as an opportunity to say yes, and then we'll kind of just pivot and go the other way. And then, and then when somebody does something, I mean, there's such a magical feeling and an empowered feeling of feeling alive and of accomplishment to finish something that you were afraid to do, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just try to get people clear on why they want to say no or yes. Sometimes we'll say yes to something because we feel like it's gonna give us fulfillment outside of ourselves, right? You know, those validative things that, that um, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So ultimately, it's all about self-awareness. And you mentioned here, like sometimes we have to look, chase the opportunity, say yes, and just step into unknown. Like you had successful business, you have that family business, right? Like in the golf, but you said like, no, I'm not gonna be part of it. I want to do something for myself. Like how you took the courage to like just start the conversation with your family. Okay, like I don't want to be in the business. I want to find myself. I want to find my calling, and you you'd like somehow say yes to the unknown in the future and somehow like in on the same side you also said okay this is no for me yeah how was that like well i was pretty lucky my i mean my dad gave me his blessing i, I mean i i would have had to do it anyways but i just i just had this inner feeling that i had this gift inside of me that wanted to come out even though i didn't know what it was and like i said earlier i was just feeling kind of burnt out and and um finished growing there and I, I needed a new challenge even though I didn't know what it was going to be um, luckily I, I've had I've had this kind of positive optimistic outlook throughout my life and I just I figured I would figure it out um, yeah but it was a big step it, had I not done that I wouldn't be doing all that I'm doing I know yeah uh, again like Ben one of the things you mentioned in the book is that one of the successful habit is that try making a habit and like surround yourself with the fun people, fun loving people, energetic people. So you can also carry their energy, also carry their aroma, aura. There's also one popular belief that surround yourself with the five successful people, like you are the product of five people around you. Like how you took this, like how is, are you trying to like, uh, say like same thing like or what's your how you compare this to have us should you like surround yourself with the fun people or try to work on yourself find how you what's your thought on it well i think ultimately you know the more 
positive, positive, like-minded people that we can surround ourselves with, just the more inspired we will be ourselves to kind of keep moving forward and keep working on ourselves and keep, you know what I mean? Just that gaining that self-awareness and that inspiration to create and, and be this, be the best version of ourselves. So, you know, as we grow, uh, unfortunately, sometimes maybe, uh, friends or colleagues might not be kind of growing at the same pace and they might kind of hang back a little bit or for whatever reason. And that's not always easy, but you know, it doesn't mean you, you ignore them, but you know, you just, I, I think it's just, I've always been an advocate of just surrounding ourselves with people that, that we want to be like ourselves. You know, like when I was starting to do this, I, when I wrote my first book, um, I, there was a few authors that I really liked and enjoyed their stuff. And, you know, I didn't know about them personally or anything like that, but I just kind of, just try to kind of emulate some of that. And just, just, um, you know, I was always just stepping into trying to step into the best version of myself. And so I think, how can we not, if we just really are around good, positive people, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, like we're just ending to the, uh, we are closer to the ending, but I just want to ask, like in one of the chapter, we, we always hear like, it's very common, be grateful of the things, we be grateful of every good little things, but you put be grateful of good and even bad things, because that's where the learning experience comes from. Like, I just really want to see your perspective on it. Sure. I have a really good example that just happened to me recently this last year. Um, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer a year ago, December, and I had to have surgery last April and they removed my prostate. And, you know, it was, it was scary, but it, it was a blessing in disguise because it, it enabled me to take a step back and, and just, get off the hamster wheel a little bit and just recharge my batteries and kind of take stock of where I was at in my life. And I realized that I'd been pushing pretty hard for a long time and I needed to take a little break. And I ended up moving from LA, which I'd been living in for seven years. Now, I'll still go back there for projects and films and stuff, but I, um, I'm up here in Oregon in you know, the area where I grew up just for this winter. And I decided to go on, drive my a, a used RV around the US this year and work on another book and, and create some content and project coach from on the road. And so in some ways, had that not happened to me, I don't think I would have maybe been able to step back like I have um, and, and come at things, come, you know, with my work now in, in ways that are more sustainable for me and more enjoyable for me. And I kind of let go of some stuff that, um, that I don't miss, but I needed to take a step back to realize that I didn't miss it and, and that it wasn't necessarily the healthiest for me. Yeah. You said like it's blessing in disguise. Now uh, you are trying to like move in, in the U.S., are there any major projects like you start to planning? Okay, you're gonna work on these projects. You mentioned a book coming. Uh, is what major projects you are now working on? Well, I 
the book is still kind of unfolding, but I think it's going to be kind of a memoir tied around the trip, but I'm going to do flashbacks. And, and then um, I'll continue to project coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to um, share all my, all the stuff that I see. And, and I'm going to, my I have plans on interviewing fun, interesting, unique people along the way. And I'm going to put all that as well as videos of where I'm going all on Patreon. Um, what else? I've got to think a few films I'm going to be doing here sometime this year as well. And I had, a, I, I've got a small part in a TV show that just came out. And so that's been exciting. That's on, on a free streaming service called Tubi, T-U-B-I. And so, you know, just, um, just a little bit of everything, but I'm kind of excited about just the unknown of, of the trip also mm-hmm. and um, seeing kind of what comes up. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Ben, like for, for giving your time. Like, but you have this book. It's one of the best selling book. It's still in top 10 for the volunteer work. It was number one best Amazon seller book. But have you ever received compliment just for your book cover? Like it was, it's an amazing cover for, for the Habits for Success, right? It just catches your attention. Like just for book cover, has, has you ever received compliments? How did the cover come about? Yeah, just the book cover, like a light bulb on it well, and the shining or. Yeah, I got lucky. Well, it's my publisher is Mango Publishing mm-hmm. and they, as we were putting it together, they sent me five um, potential covers. And that just happened to be one of them. And I got really lucky. The other ones I didn't really like, they kind of had more of a business feel to it. And I don't think the everything in there is applicable to, I think, everybody, whether you're in business, whether you're just living your life, you know what I mean? Being a house mom or a teacher or whatever. So I didn't want the business feel, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And so I just got lucky. That was one of the options. And I said, I like that. Yes, please. Yeah, let me tell you, like, that's a very beautiful cover. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Okay, coming to our end of the conversation, like, thanks so much, Ben, again. Uh, Just last question. I just want, like, this is kind of interesting question, a scenario-based question. If you are given opportunity to, like, go in the past and tell just one advice to the young Ben who just told his family that, I, I don't want to continue the business. I want to see, find myself and want to step out and see the world. What one advice can you give so he can find himself? Uh, I would, yeah. Boy, just the, the, and this, I think we're all here to learn and grow, you know what I mean, during our lifetimes. But the toughest thing for us to do is I think really to learn how to love and accept ourselves. And I would just tell myself that I'm enough just the way I am and whatever I want to do. And it would have made my life so much more enjoyable. Yes, uh, you are. Yeah. You know, so that's what I would, I would have told myself a long time ago. Thanks so much, Brian, for the insights. Yeah. Thank you so much. Really appreciate for giving us the time. You're welcome, Harpreet. Thank you. Thanks.